Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. This week's segment, Organic Gourmet, will feature kale, the new condimental aromatic tobacco. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. And it is another Tuesday evening of fun pipe chat. Well, all right, it's another Tuesday and another week. So here we go. On tonight's episode, I'm going to go back to uh, talking about some pipe smokers of the past. And these are two pipe smokers who influenced my uh, teenage years in particular. And then my guest is uh, Darren Shepard of Shepard Brothers Pipes. Uh, We'll get to talk to Darren about uh, all kinds of stuff, including uh, motorcycles. So if you're a fan of Harleys, hang in there. We'll get to some of that with Darren. Uh, Music, not particularly because Darren's from the Appalachians, but uh, a recommendation, a... uh, and I'm pretty sure we've played them before. But uh, anyway, we've got a pipe-smoking musician, uh, mailbag and rant, all that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, so let me a couple things I missed from the past few weeks. One, last Sunday, was uh, my uh, local, uh, the Charlotte area, Aromatic Farts uh, Pipe Club meeting. It's the third Sunday of every month at the JR Cigar in Mooresville, North Carolina. So if you're in the area, come on by. It's a good group of people. We hang out for three, four hours. Lots of tobaccos tossed on the table, and it's a really comfortable place to come and sit and hang out, and always a good time. Uh, good mix of uh, people, too, Some yeah, just from all, all different walks of life. And uh, last week and a half ago now, we got to go to a concert that featured uh, a premiere of a new Dan Locklear symphony, and I'm hoping we'll uh, have some of the music in time for Thanksgiving coming up, so that'll be fun. But anyway, it was great to see Dan and his wife and hang out, and uh, just a wonderful piece of music, and at the same time, the... uh, uh, Western Piedmont Symphony played Rhapsody in Blue, which is one of my favorite pieces. So, a lot of fun. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. All right, so uh, two pipe smokers that influenced my teenage years. Uh, one of them you may know. It's a guy named Stephen J. Cannell, and uh I mean, just a prolific television producer, writer, creator. And the other one, I don't think I've talked too much about him on the on the Pipes Magazine radio show, but it's my great-grandfather, Herman Feynman. Uh, my great-grandfather died in 1986 in December at the age of 92 and a half. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, a dedicated dedicated lifetime pipe smoker uh at age uh, 13 or 14 the story goes that he got his first pipe and started smoking it and his parents said well if you're man enough to smoke a pipe well you're man enough to get out so off he did and he uh worked for a while as a uh, as a street fighter a boxer in uh on the streets of uh Kansas City 
Um, he eventually went on to uh, become a sheet metal worker. And at that time, uh, sheet metal workers were, uh, yeah, he, he was, it was a, it was a union job and you had to apprentice with somebody and spend time with them and then journeyman. And then you became a master and he was fairly active in the, uh, in the sheet metal workers union and a very, uh, uh, 1920s, 1930s, a very active union member, almost, uh, sometimes considered to be a, a union rabble rouser. Uh, during World War One, he and World War Two, he was part of the war effort, working in sheet metal. Never got drafted. He was too old for World War One, and by World War Two, yeah, he was an old man at that point. Um, by the time I met him, obviously he was uh, in his seventies, late seventies, but always had a pipe. I mean, always had a pipe with him. He would go down to every Thursday was shopping day and every Thursday he'd get a can of Granger rough cut pipe tobacco. Didn't matter what kind of pipe tobacco you gave him. If you went to a fancy tinder box or something like that and bought it for him, you know, he just liked his Granger rough cut and he'd smoke one large can a week. Didn't really care what kind of pipe, as long as it was a straight pipe, He'd buy whatever pipe he needed, and he would, he'd smoke the heck out of those pipes. I mean, the idea of reaming and cleaning them, apparently that was a foreign concept. He'd use uh, nails from his workshop as a, a tamper and to clean out the pipe occasionally. And I think he must have saved an awful lot of money on pipe cleaners because I ended up with uh, what was left of his pipes and stuff. And there wasn't... There wasn't a pack of pipe cleaners in the bunch. Uh, and he always used, and this is what I mostly remember as a uh, as a young kid, was he was a dedicated Zippo lighter fan. So he'd light the Zippo lighter. You could smell that, uh, smell that fluid burning. And then if we were around, he'd let one of us kids try to blow it out. So, But that was him. Uh, my great-grandfather, Herman Feynman, smoked a pipe for uh, probably... Uh, yeah, about 78 years straight. And uh, as my grandmother said, yeah, that pipe probably shortened his life. Uh, <laughs> if it shortened his life, I'd hate to see he'd probably still be with us. Anyway, uh, the other one, Stephen J. Cannell, uh, prolific, prolific writer and creator of TV shows, including uh, he was a... Uh, he was a writer on Adam 12. He wrote for Ironside and Columbo, and he wrote for the TV show It Takes a Thief. And then, uh, then he started, you know, coming out and doing his own stuff. And uh, just a list of some of the shows that he was responsible for, where he either created or co-created, include. Uh, the Rockford Files, Black Sheep Squadron, and I'm only listing the ones that I actually enjoyed uh the greatest american hero hardcastle and mccormick and uh, the two that were most important to me uh the a-team because i was a big fan of the a-team when it came out uh, a couple of years there in high school and boy i'll tell you that was uh the a-team was one of my shows uh that along with knight rider uh and the other one was 21 jump street where he discovered or yeah casted a very young unknown guy named Johnny Depp who was 
pretty much out in L.A. to become a uh, musician and rock star and uh, kind of <laughs> turn the tides on him. And now <laughs> Johnny Depp's one of the biggest pirates out there. Um, anyway, Stephen J. Cannell was also, until the early 80s, where when he quit smoking, he was at the end of each show that was one of his shows from his production company, you'd see him sitting at his desk and typing away at an old typewriter and smoking his pipe. Um, he, uh, you know, was, uh, until, again, until the eighties, he was sitting behind his desk doing his, uh, you know, smoking his pipe away. Um, he also suffered from, and this was kind of interesting for somebody who is a writer, he suffered from dyslexia and at times instead of, actually sitting down and typing up or writing scripts or ideas he would um he'd dictate them so Stephen J Cannell and uh, my great grandfather there's uh two pipe smokers that influenced my teenage years and uh yeah I love it when a plan comes together all right in just a minute Darren Shepherd this is internet radio I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole-leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes Autumn Evening so well-loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us, you're, you're really not that far away from me, but uh, you know, just, a, just due north and across the border into Virginia is a pipe maker, and uh, you know we're going to talk about your motorcycles too. So uh, Darren Shepard of Shepard Brothers Pipe Company, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hey, how's it going, Brian? Doing all right, man? Yeah, so uh, first of all, did I get the name right? Yep, Shepherd Brothers Pipe Company. This is Darren Shepherd. I'm uh, one of the two Shepherd Brothers. So, are you the older, smarter one, or are you the younger, uh, more creative one? Um, I'm actually the older, um, better looking, I guess. I'm not about smarter, but definitely better looking. <laughs> it's the beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah i got i gotta ask you about the beard and and uh and motorcycles when we get to that because that that could be a bit of an issue but uh so you're did you grow up up there in the in the hills in virginia uh yeah <clears throat> yeah we were we were actually uh fortunate enough to grow up in grayson county uh beautiful beautiful county and Virginia. Um, we were, you know, born and raised there. And um, I actually live 
myself in Wythe County now, just about 25 miles from from my brother um, who still lives over in Grayson. But, um, yeah, this is home to us, man. Yeah, and if if anybody's ever traveling through the southeast, it's Interstate 77 and Interstate 81, and it's just beautiful mountains and hey, you come through the mountain and there's a big old valley and then you go through another mountain and uh but uh don't try to do it in the snow um so what when did you start smoking a pipe well um it was, it was actually my brother's fault i think um <laughs> i blame it on him you know he's two years younger than me um i don't know how he acquired one but we were not of age to be possessing uh, any tobacco at the time. <laughs> and uh, it's, it was a Dr. Grabeau, uh, the you know, Golden Duke or something like that. He, and like I said, I have no idea where he got it from, but um, our, <laughs> that's really when we started, uh, the interest sort of started for me and um, I think for him as well. Uh, and then over the years, you know, on and off there for a while, obviously we couldn't go out and start collecting pipes at the uh, ripe old ages of, you know, 15, so. <laughs> now, and you're not you're not all that old, so, I'm, I mean, we're not talking about going back into the days of when anybody could buy tobacco. I mean, you were um, breaking the law? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were, we were outlaws. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the, um, cause I'm 31. He's, uh, he'll actually be, uh, 29, uh, next week, I believe. And, um, so, you know, we were, this is, hasn't been all that long ago. I mean, you know, for, for us, but it was, you know, within the past, um, uh, you know, 13 to 15 years. Do you remember the first? real tobacco you tried oh yeah it was uh captain black royal in the blue bag um, again i don't know where it came from ken <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how he got it um probably from somebody at school but um uh, you know but uh we we got all of that and um uh we just thought it we thought it smelled awesome like, you know, that was the thing that drew us. And um, then, of course, uh, what I think kept us in it was the nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> Were you smoking any any other things at that point, legal or illegal? It doesn't matter. You were underage anyway. Yeah, I was smoking cigarettes, you know, doing what all kids do, I guess, when you're bored and live in the mountains. Well, and, you know, 50, 60 years ago, they used to let you teeth on chewing tobacco up there. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you know, I remember uh, growing up, the Grayson County in particular is very agricultural based. And, and um, used to, uh, they grew a lot of tobacco uh, around the area. And... Uh, there were actually some pretty substantial tobacco farms, and I remember the the guy who owned the land across the road from us um, would grow tobacco up on top of the hill, and um, 
down the road from us, there was a, a, a pretty sizable tobacco farm down there. All of that, unfortunately, has disappeared in the past, I don't say, 10 years. Uh, it's, there's no money in it, apparently, for them um, anymore to do so. And everything switched over to, you know, other types of agriculture. So, um, but we did have a lot of tobacco fields around growing up. So we, we had access to plenty. So you guys could have sneaked over there and, uh, pulled a few leaves off of a plant, dried them yourself and smoked it up. But, uh, uh, when did you, uh, <laughs> when did you finally get the, you know, get really into pipe smoking? Yeah, I was probably, I don't know, probably 20. I was in college, um, and there was a tobacco shop here in Whitfield, right across the road from the, uh, the college here in Whitfield. And, uh, I remember going in there and at the time they had a really good selection, um, of, of pipes and, uh, Cigars. He had a big um, humidor with, with you know, all kinds of uh, nice premium cigars, and had a nice selection of pipes and even some tin tobacco, which um, now is not you can't find it around here. Um, but there was a really good uh, tobacconist in there. She she um, explained the different blends they had and. Um, I bought a uh, Dr. Gravo, uh Golden Duke that I still have, the very first <laughs> pipe that I bought legally. <laughs> and um, I bought uh, some Lane BCA uh, because, there again, I thought it was like the best smell in the world as far as from uh, the way it smelled in the bag. So that's really when I started getting into it because, uh, it, because it was different. Not all, and nobody did it, you know, and I've always been sort of the, uh, the one who's a little bit eccentric. You're, you're a rebel with a cause. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought, you know, what's it, it's, what's the difference in this and smoking a cigar? Well, I come to, came to find out there's a huge difference and you know when i'm done smoking a pipe i can still look at the pipe and enjoy the pipe and you know the aesthetics and uh you know polishing it and and uh just you know being able to smoke different blends out of it as opposed to where you just got when you're smoking cigars that's it i mean it's whatever cigar you have on hand so i liked um i like that that of the, I guess, uh, that that appealed to me. Also, you know, being in college, I found that while studying, I it was a great thing to do while I was studying. Um, you know, and, and before I really knew about, um, I thought about the uh, intellectuals, all the intellectuals who through history who have you know smoked a pipe and and you know. I just thought, well, this helps me concentrate, so I'm going to do it. And that's kind of what I did. And then I slowly collected pipes over the years, you know, just 
uh, I wouldn't nothing like I have been, let's say, in the past ten years. Did you uh, did you start searching on the internet for pipes? Because I mean, you, you're you're fairly isolated. Yeah, um, you know, it, I, I started really first looking for like-minded individuals. Um, you know, so um, you know, being in the um, the world of Facebook, you know, it's pretty easy to do. Uh, there's a lot of great pipe smoking groups on social media and various outlets like that, as well as some great information. And I realized that I wasn't the only one who had an interest in these, in these things still in this old pastime uh, of smoking a pipe. And so, you know, I, I did uh, use the internet a lot. And. Uh, got some, obviously some great information. Met a lot of great people, um, and you know, uh, got to experience a lot of uh, tobacco blends that I would never, uh, in a million years, been able to obtain locally. Yeah, the the internet has embraced uh, rural America and obscure hobbies like ours. Oh yes, agreed. Agreed. It's it's um, it ties everybody together uh, with common interests, and um, you know whether that be pipe smoking or you know motorcycles or antique cars or whatever you know whatever your interest may be. There's somebody out there who's just as passionate about it as you are, and that's kind of what I was searching for was you know other people who are like minded and you know who knew more about me. Uh, knew more about the hobby than I did, so um, that's kind of where it all started. Out there for me, it was on the internet. So, how do you and your brother decide that you're going to start making pipes, and uh, and why do them together? Well, we both enjoyed them, um, and you know, it was something that. I kind of got the inspiration for first, and then he became interested in it a little more. And come to find out, he had more than that for drilling and actual engineering their way in the tobacco chamber. Um, not saying that I sucked at it, but at the <laughs> same time, it was, uh, he was very, very, uh, he's very, very precise with his measurements to almost to a fault. And, um, that's usually where he spends the majority of his time when he, when he's working on them is actually drawing the measurements down on the block and making sure everything lines up well. But as far as what, where we started, <clears throat> excuse me, um, so as far as where we started at, um, we had an apple tree in the front yard, and we cut it down and had made firewood out of it, you know, essentially. And I took several pieces of that firewood down to the garage and cut hunks off of it and packed some old spade bits and talked to uh, several 
pipe makers or a couple of pipe makers who had kind of given me some tips on how to make some chamber bits. So I went down there and carved out uh, carved out some practice carving out some chambers on his apple wood and um, really didn't uh, make any pipes necessarily out of it. Just we just I just used it for practice and. Um, so yeah, that's really sort of how we got our start with it. From there, it just kind of progressed where I bought some briar and I bought, you know, some vulcanite stems and, um, <clears throat> made my first pipe. And, uh, once he seen what, what I'd done and he's like, Hey, that's pretty cool. So that's when he jumped in there and really started, um, taking over the whole engineering part of it. That is a perfect place for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, since we've only got one brother, we'll ask him. Uh, we'll find out what is what Greg's done that's made him laugh or he thought was completely stupid. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Meet Josh. Everyone at SmokingPipes.com holds customers as a high priority. But nobody interacts with them more personally than Josh. He's our professor of pipes, if you will. As a previous professor of history, educating the customer comes easily to him. He loves explaining the history of a particular pipe to a customer or coaching his customer service team. I love to help customers find that perfect piece for their collection. It's my job to make sure there's a smile on the other end of the line. And I'm more than happy to be the one to put it there. And although Josh's job can sometimes be quite demanding, he doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why? Because I don't just sell pipes. I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345. That's 1-888-366-0345. Or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Darren Shepard of Shepard Brothers Pipes. And uh, so is there, honestly, your brother's not, your brother's not there and he's not listening. Um, has there ever been a, a brotherly feud over uh, how a pipe should have been made or a process or something? Uh, we, um, we're typical brothers, man. I mean, <laughs> And we, uh, uh, I can't say that really. He's, he's, um, we're very different. Um, I'm more of the, I believe it or not, even though I'm the biker, um, I'm more laid back. And, um, you know, he was, he was born with, uh, he got temper, so, you know, he was a little easier to rile up. Um, I think that, uh, as far as the disagreements on how things should be done, uh, not only we really haven't. It's been uh, pretty rewarding for us, I think, as you know, <clears throat> as, as family to to be able to do that together and not have some type of uh, feud. Um, yeah. Because I think we both respect what the, what each other our, our individual talents, you know. Um, I know what he's good at, and he knows what I'm good at, and so we just kind of, 
let each other do our own thing. And, you know, if I finish one off and, um, you know, post a picture of it, he'll send me a message and say, man, that looks awesome. <laughs> or, you know, dude, that is a great looking pipe. You know, that turned out way better than what I thought or whatever, you know, something of that nature. So, um, that it's, it's pretty complimenting actually. And doesn't really, uh, we don't get on each other's nerves too much. I think it's it, it's unique, and it's also really kind of cool that you guys do different processes of the of the pipe making. So you really don't you're really not competing with each other. You're just covering each other's weaknesses. Right, and you know I have always been, I think, more interested in. Um, I mean, obviously, we had to kind of get our information from from you know the internet and from the connections we had made on the internet um and at the time of starting out for us it was uh john hines and and um uh jonathan lovezzo from moonshine pipes became uh good friends with with both of those guys had a lot of respect for both uh, John and Jonathan, and they helped us out tremendously. As a matter of fact, if it weren't for them, I, you know, we couldn't have, we wouldn't know where to start at, you know. And, yeah. um, you know, one thing for me, though, what always attracted me to it was, uh, you know, the way these guys were rusticating these pipes and putting these different textures on them and, and then, you know, making the grain pop with these really nice contrast stains and, um, I was really into to the finish, the finishing part, you know, and, um, of course that's where a lot of your sanding and stuff comes in. So, um, my brother's not the most patient when it comes to that type of work. So <laughs> he, he's more I, like me. I, yeah. He just, uh, gets to the point where like, ah, screw it. It's good enough. You know, <laughs> but, um, no, he's, he, uh, Definitely more, um, definitely better at, I guess, figuring out the mechanics of things. Uh, he's more mechanically inclined, so it was only natural for him to kind of, I think, take more of an interest in the actual drilling part. And um, once he drilled a couple of, of pipes, he had a system figured out on how far down he should go in a, you know, uh, when he's drilling a tobacco chamber uh, to get that, he can actually feel it when he uses the drill press. He can actually feel it where it's just right. Wow. And yeah, it's it's pretty cool to watch him um, to watch him drill one out. And I think there's a little bit of a, there's a video that um, we have on our our Facebook page. I think of him drilling one. And um, as a little snippet on there, I was, we're just kind of goofing off. But, um, yeah, it, it's really interesting to watch him do it. And, um, uh, just, you know, the, the whole, he's got his own little process that, that he does. I can't explain it because I don't know what the, who in the heck it is. So, um, But all I know is it works. So the the other thing that you do, because this isn't your uh, 
pipe making isn't your full-time thing, you work in motorcycles? Yes, yes. Um, I work full-time in motorcycles. Um, you know, I worked for Harley-Davidson now for several years, and um, it's been a very rewarding career for me. And, um, you know, so that's my, I guess my other, you know, I guess you'd call it my other bucket one is, you know, motorcycles. Uh, and I'm just happy to be fortunate enough to where I can make my living, you know, working with things that I love and uh, am interested in every day. So I got I got to ask you because I I own a Mini Cooper and if you ever see a stock Mini Cooper driving on the road nobody's decorated it or done anything to it you know that they're just driving a car. Does anybody own a Harley where they haven't done something to it? Is there any stock right off the right out of the dealership Harleys rolling around? Uh, there are some, believe it or not. Um, very very few, but. I have known them to exist and um, see them come in sometimes uh, on trade with, uh, you know, some miles on them that, um, you know, that obviously um, have been rode, <laughs> but they still have the stock pipes on them. So they're, they're few and far between, but they do exist. Is it usually uh, first-time bike buyers that just leave them completely stock? Um, yeah, usually. Um, uh, you know, I would say it's uh, it really just depends on the individual. Uh, you know, some people want that, uh, you know, that, that big, rough, Harley sound everybody's so used to. Um the, the, the kind of pipes that, you know, set the car alarms off when you go down the street, um, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but there's a lot, of, there's some people too that aren't necessarily into that. Um, perhaps they've came off of another brand that, that's a little quieter and they're more used to that, or maybe their wife just doesn't want a big, loud, obnoxious bike, um, <laughs> you know, revving up in the garage all the time. But in any case, it's, it's kind of a, a mixed batch really, um, that's what I love about working for Harley is the diversity of uh, of the riders. They come from all walks of life and um, very diverse, very diverse uh, demographic. It's kind of like, it's kind of like pipe smokers, where you get uh, you, you get a you get a cross section of of humanity because you know you might have. You might have one guy who's got one bike, and that is the most expensive thing he owns, and every little penny that he's got goes into that bike. Or you got another guy who's got, you know, four or five bikes, and he only rides them once a month each because he's got an airplane and a and a yacht and all that other stuff. Right, right. Um, you know, it's like uh, kind of the Dunhill of motorcycles, if you will, uh, since for kind of talking uh, uh, to our, our audiences as pipe smokers primarily. So uh, it would be like the, the kind of the Dunhill of, of, uh, of motorcycles um, it, because it's, um, 
the brand. Yeah. You know, it's it's more so um, uh, nowadays. It's more of a, a, a brand. It's actually the fifth most recognized brand in the world. Uh, the fourth most recognized brand is Coca-Cola, if that tells you anything. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's became a, a, you know, a, a living legend. And, um, I'm lucky to be part of that, you know, in some small way. Um, but the, you know, the thing is that adversity, like you said, with pipe smokers, um, they don't care if you're smoking, you know, a cob and, you know, some, some Borkum riff, or if you're smoking, uh, you know, some, uh, esoterica blends and some, you know, really expensive handmade or expensive rare Dunhill, you know, it's all the same. There's appreciation for it no matter what. And, um, doesn't matter if you're on an 883 Sportster, if you're riding a brand new 2018 CVO Limited, it doesn't matter. If you're on a Harley, there's that brotherhood there. Real quickly, what is the craziest thing you've seen done to a Harley? Oh, man. Uh, craziest thing? Um, I've seen some really crazy custom builds um and there's one in particular that really stands out to me um it's been not all that long ago really um there was an old guy that, that came in and stopped and uh really hadn't paid attention to what he pulled up on or anything and uh uh, he came in and I asked him what he was riding, and he said, "Well, a little bit of everything." <laughs> and I said, "Really?" So, well, you know, what what have you got? And he said, "Well, it's uh, it's uh, part Harley and uh, part Model A." <laughs> and I thought he was just, you know, he's an old biker guy, man. I thought he was just kidding around, you know. <laughs> and um, uh, come to find out, he wasn't. He had built uh, uh, what looked like uh, very similar to a reverse trike, which, if you're uh, not familiar with with uh, with trikes, it, instead of having two wheels on the back and one wheel on the front, it was like a Can-Am Spider. It had two wheels on the front and one in the back. Yeah. Um, so what he had done was take a motorcycle and put a front end... Um, it looked like maybe the suspension and everything, the wheels, tires, uh, off of uh, what appeared to be a Model A Ford on the front of this thing. <laughs> and it, it worked. That's He wrote it. Um, but that was a very interesting uh, build that I had seen. And, uh, you know, the, the great thing about my job is I get to meet people like that on a daily basis that are just so <laughs> ingenious and in, in coming up with this stuff. And then not only being able to think of it, but being able to do it and being able to build it and, and actually have it work, I think is incredible. 
Yeah. And then one 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 last bike related question. Um you've got a <laughs> you've got a fairly long beard uh that could yeah. almost be confused as you know you have a small furry animal hanging from your face. Uh Yep. What do you do with the beard when you're riding? That depends. Um you know, if um depends it depends on what bike I'm riding. Really, uh, it comes down to if I got a windshield on, I can't. I got to tie it up because uh, windshield will cause it to blow right straight up into my face. I can't see a thing. Uh, not a very safe way to ride, so I do tie it up and um, tuck it down in my jacket or whatever if I have to keep it from blowing up in my face. Most of the time, though, if I'm just riding to work. I'm just riding the, uh, just around locally. I just let it do its thing. Let the wind style it for me. <laughs> so you got half on one side, half on the other, and a, and a face full of happiness going down the road. Oh, yeah, man. That's that's it. It splits off in the right down the middle. And my dad, uh, is he rides as well. And um, he's told me, several times he, he said it my beard's so long that it looks like i have long hair blowing behind me because um uh, it's uh it's just blowing straight back and he said it looks like i have long hair and we <clears throat> i hate to to uh, admit it but man i i don't have long hair at all i'm lucky to have what hair i do so <laughs> <laughs> it all migrated south to the chin <laughs> and occasionally it might catch a bug or two and you can pick it out later and have a snack it's a it is a uh, a perfect way to get a quick snack <laughs> and uh back to the pipes real quick where do the pipes start out price wise price wise we try to keep our pipes very reasonable especially compared to um you know a lot of other hand reads <clears throat> and we try to keep our prices uh, usually between the 100 and 200 dollar range um so that's pretty reasonable and it, basically at the end of the day if we can make our money back doing you know with the uh, materials and make a little bit to um help pay the property taxes and <laughs> at the end of the year then we're good you know um, but it's, we're not out to, to, I guess, be, to strike it rich by any means, or we enjoy doing what we do. Um, as, you know, uh, as kind of a, a part-time thing. And I think that, um, you know, by keeping our prices pretty reasonable and not getting not getting too too outrageous with it uh, you know it, it's it works for us it's a good good business model i think to, to have i'm looking on the etsy page and it's uh shepherd bros pipes on etsy and there's uh smooths and some partially rusticated right around 120 to down to 100 so you know oftentimes i get asked where can i you know instead of five eight hundred dollar pipes here are good quality pipes for uh right around a hundred bucks 
Uh, Darren, we will uh, wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Go for it. What is your favorite pipe? Sassy Emmy. And what is your favorite tobacco? Uh, it would have to be Sir Walter Raleigh Aromatic. Ooh. Uh, do you? What is your favorite drink? Jack Daniels. It, you you wait 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 wait. You're from Virginia and you drink that Tennessee stuff. Hey, yes sir, yes sir. It's it's welcome here in Virginia. Well, all right. Uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? I usually like uh, music when I'm relaxing. And 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 I'm and I'm gonna guess bluegrass. Sometimes. Sometimes, uh, yeah. It's uh, <clears throat> but honestly, I'm more of a I'm more of a rock and roll fan. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you want bluegrass, you just go outside and listen to the neighbors. I was gonna say, I can do. That. I can listen to that on the porch. Yeah. And then the last question is: Do you have a particularly favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about? Um, you know, as far as that as far as that goes, uh, I've made a lot of really good memories. I think the best one though was, um, our grandfather, um, he's, uh, I don't know, he's 83, 84 now. Um, doesn't smoke a pipe on a regular basis anymore, but he used to. Uh, I remember it when I was younger. Um, yeah. and when we were started making pipes, he, he became, you know, interested and really, you know, amazed that we were doing this stuff. And, um, he, uh, it came down to the house, uh, to visit one day. Cause, you know, when we lived, you know, right behind us and, uh, he came down to the house to, to give me something, maybe give me some mail or something that I'd missed. And, um, I said, hold on a second. I got something for you too. So I went in there and I grabbed the pipe that I, we had finished up and, I'd actually posted it online for sale, and it was a little uh, uh, a little bulldog, a ringless bulldog. I, I love doing little ringless bulldogs, and with a diamond shank on it, and it had a really nice stem accent. And I said, "Here, take this." <laughs> and that, just the look on his face, the smile that come across his face, was absolutely priceless, and. Um, I gave him a pouch of, uh, Sir Walter Raleigh, uh, cause that used to be one of his favorites. And I said, I said, I want you to take that. And I want you to smoke it every once in a while, you know, whenever you want to. And he said, you know what? I'm going to, <laughs> and he, that's one of his most prized possessions. And I just, just, but just seeing that that moment there, you know, it was uh, it was worth all the money that we'd spent on tooling and uh, briar and mess ups, <laughs> and that moment was just really special. Yeah, I can only imagine. And then to and then to get to see him smoke it. Yeah. Oh. 
and enjoy it and grin from ear to ear, you know. And that's a memory I'll have in, in, ingrained in my mind forever. I'm very fortunate to to uh, to have that that type of memory. So, um, you know, years from now, I mean, I hope, I hope that uh, next time we talk, that you know, he's uh, he's still um, still living and uh, and he's he's doing really well uh, for his age and. Uh, but, uh, you know, inevitably life isn't, uh, isn't forever for everybody. So, you know, um, it's good that day's going to come and, but I'll still have that memory in my head of that particular moment. So there's a lot that's, uh, that's very special to me. It's, it's brought me closer to my brother's stuff too. Um, so, you know, just the overall experience for, for myself is has been overwhelming and I try to put that into the pipes that I make and hopefully one of these days somebody will be able to tell me hey this pipe belonged to my dad or my grandpa and you made it for him back in 2017 or something that's what pipes and pipe smoking are all about agreed yeah agreed Again, the uh, to see the pipes, it's Etsy, Shepherd, Bro- Shepherd Bros, B-R-O-S, Pipes, or uh, Shepherd Bros, Pipes on Facebook. Darren, thank you very much for joining us. Brian, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to, to talk again real soon. And next time you're... Um, next time you're up here in Virginia, stop on by. I'll give you some of this real moonshine. Yeah, and if you're uh, rolling down uh, 77, stop by. Will do, man. We'll be back in just a minute. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic Cashmere, the sultry Licoricea, and the striking Archibaldino Red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. This is Internet Radio. We are back. And, you know, one of the things I, I you know, I didn't grow up here, but I, one of the things that I do love about growing up here is the, uh, the amount, or living here, is the amount of real people in the South. I mean, just regular, real people. And, uh... Darren's one of them. I uh, hope to get up there and uh, at least look at the bikes. I can't have a bike, but I can look at them. All right, for music. So uh, George Edmondson, who is a uh, cigar writer and a uh, pipe smoker as well, emailed me and sent me a uh, link to a guy named Spence uh, Joseph Spence. And uh, Joseph is a uh, was born and raised in the Bahamas. 
but uh, had you know guitar player, singer, and uh, was always seen with a pipe in his mouth and the occasional cigar. So uh, figured we'd play some Joseph Spence, and for some reason, I I really feel like we've played this before. We've played him before, but uh, in my uh, simple, quick research, I uh, I couldn't find him. So anyway, this is uh, Joseph Spence, and the song is called Conch Ain't Got No Bone. Let's get out of party, sun fight venter.
mosquito flying, high mosquito flying, low mosquito, I let on your mosquito wouldn't fly no more. First, let me say it right, it's conk, ain't got no bone, and I just, I just love that little end part. Congratulations, Skippy, you've got mail. This week in the mailbag, I got an email from Steven Berger, and I love this one. It says, Dear Brian, I found your podcast series this past August. I've been speed listening to episodes, and I'm now at episode 151. Uh, The podcast is great. I am 70 and have been smoking a pipe since 1964. I've learned quite a lot and even have been trying many new tobaccos. My first pipe was a briar from Wally Frank. I started smoking Amphora Red but switched to Ewan Reese 3 Star Blue in 1965. It is still my all-time favorite. Uh, Your episode about Wilkie was like a homecoming for me. I found the Wilkie Pipe Shop in 1965. I could not afford their higher-priced pipes. I was an 18-year-old student. Uh, I met Anna, and she helped me pick out some of their smaller pipes that I could afford. I think they were about $15. I now have about 20 Wilkie Pipes in my collection, and they all smoke great, even after more than 40 years. I'm also a Disney collector. I have five glass display cases filled with anything Donald Duck. I retired to a small town about 35 miles north of Walt Disney World. I regularly go to the pipes with my Florida annual pass. Keep up the great program, Steve. And uh, he's a troll on PipesMagazine.com. Well, I think Steve is my hero. Uh, You know, to be able to move down there and retire and get over to the parks 15 times a year. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Anyway, thank you very much for the email. And uh, going back to last week's show with uh, Paul Bender, Dino said it was great to hear my good friend Paul in conversation with you. He's one of the absolute giants in our community. Paul is erudite, not only about pipes, but about subjects both common and arcane. A terrific raconteur. As for his lovely wife, Sue, who is my table mate and boss at the Chicago Pipe Show check-in table, and I do mean boss, who could not, who could not help but love her. She's a sparkling gem of a person. Uh, the music was quite entertaining, and your rant was spot on. If you look up Prate in the dictionary, there is a picture of a 20-something rambling on with a distinct rolling of the eyes. Thanks for the great show, Dino. You are welcome, Dino. Uh, New Broom says, the college I dropped out from didn't feature many pipe smokers, and this was back in 1966-68. I was exposed to new smoking experiences, however. Uh, Great show, didn't realize it was long. The announcer is a little hard on Brian. Puff away, Mike. Yeah, well, you ought to hear the arguments we have. Um, Al, S.S. Jones writes, what a treat. I love the interview with Paul. His enthusiasm and passion for Cheriton Pipes was clearly evident. I was familiar with the various Cheriton grades, but hearing Paul describe them made them come alive. As I write this, I'm smoking the one lone Cheriton on my rack, a giant countryman shape. I love, I'd love a chance to ask Paul if he is aware of the origins of this shape, which to this point is simply a mystery. Well, we'll try to find out for you. And finally, Casey Ghost, Paul Bender writes, uh, Paul Bender was a terrific guest, very loquacious in speech. I can't imagine a good reason why he hasn't been awarded a Doctor of Pipes award. I don't really care for Cheritons or any old English wood, but I do enjoy listening to the fellows who do like them. Those folks have an amazing depth of knowledge. 
Uh, enjoyed the pie part segment on McClellan 5100, despite the fact that it is not one of my favorites. It, smell, it smells like a brick from the old Walt Disney house. Yeah, that's an inside joke. Go back and listen to it uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, you have to give props to Mike McNeil for doing an incredible job on all his Virginias. Nice photo at the end. How'd they do that? Well, Photoshop. There you go. Uh, anyway, if you have any comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Post them right on the Pipes Magazine radio show page. I do look forward to them all and love them all. And again, if I don't get back to you on the email, send it again. It's probably because I got stuck in the spam filter. And the last thing, if you go to the Pipes Magazine radio show page on Facebook, you will see that I did a Facebook Live event last Saturday. And that Facebook Live event is still up because I managed to save it this time. And it's still available for you to uh, sit and watch. And I promise I will get better at doing more of these. I won't get better at doing them. I'll just get better at doing them more often or more frequently. Uh, And, uh, yeah, it worked out good having it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page because the... uh, non-smoking family friends of mine that would pop in didn't pop in anyway if you're on facebook and you haven't already done it give the pipes magazine radio show page a like we would appreciate that and in just a moment rant time cowboy cowboy So, uh, two weeks is the new five weeks. Yeah, that's it. Two weeks is the new five weeks. And now it could be uh, two weeks is the new five weeks, and the real five weeks is actually never. Don't overreach. You young folks out there, let me tell you something. Don't overreach, don't overpromise, and if you do, communicate, all right? If you say that something is going to take two weeks before delivery, then make sure that it's going to only be two weeks. And if it's not going to be two weeks, you... As the person providing the service or the job or whatever it is, you communicate up and tell them it's not going to be two weeks. Don't make the person waiting for the thing to come reach out to you. Don't overreach. Don't promise unless you can guarantee it. And if it does fall through, you know what? You better make sure that you're, uh, that, that you're, that you're the one communicating it out. Don't make the customer in my situation expecting it to be two weeks and then at four weeks when it's not reach out to you if you've got a boss and your boss wants a project done in a week and you're not going to get it done you get to your boss and tell them it's going to take longer before your boss has to come to you don't overreach and don't promise what you can't guarantee and if you have to break that make sure and you be the one communicating it out you live by the live by this lesson and it will serve you well throughout the rest of your life if you're a pipe maker and you tell somebody yeah i'll take your commission but it's going to take me six weeks before i can get a chance to make it you better make sure and get it in six weeks because if you can't then you've let them down and they've already got a bad taste in their mouth. If you're a if you're delivering pizza, whatever it is, and you're going to say 30 minutes and it's at 40 minutes, well, you've let them down. Don't overreach, don't overpromise, and if you do, you be the one to communicate it. 
Hey, I uh, hope you all enjoyed the show. Uh, check out uh, Shepherd Brothers Pipes. I want to thank Darren for joining me. Comments, questions, feedback, I promise I read them all and love them all. And uh, we've had a couple of iTunes reviews recently, and that is much appreciated, although I guess it's called Apple Podcasts now. But anyway, so thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Darren for joining me. And until next time. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. I'm not going to help you make an idiot out of yourself. I don't need your help. I'll do it myself. <laughs>